are Locked On NBA, your daily NBA podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On NBA on a Tuesday, everybody. I'm Wes Goldberg from the Mercury News and host of Locked On Warriors here with the host of Locked On Heat, David Ramil. Got a great show coming up, Should the Magic Blow Things Up? We're going to talk about Giannis and his uh, MVP candidacy and a few other things. But first, we have to start in New York, where impressive rookie Emmanuel Quickly finally got the start for the Knicks Monday night in place of Derrick Rose and Alfred Payton, both of whom missed the game because of injury or protocol, and Quickly uh, was impressive, I thought, uh, overall Monday night. David, what did you think? He looked good. I think the issue with him is that he's a rookie, right? I mean, there are going to be mistakes there. There are going to be moments where he's you know, Doris Burke on the call was saying, I like his aggression. I like how he's hunting shots. And I'm thinking, yeah, I mean, that's that's part of it. Uh, but it kind of reminds me a little bit of like Tyler, Tyler Hero from last year where he raises the ceiling considerably when he's hitting those shots. But there are just moments also where he's a little too aggressive, perhaps. And maybe he should look to a teammate to make the right play. But I, I think he raises the ceiling for the team. So it's exciting to watch him play. And the big thing is whether or not he should start even when – Derrick Rose and Alfred Payton return, right? Because initially he didn't. They went ahead with Frank Nilakina uh, a couple days ago against Oklahoma City, and, and they yanked him after, you know, uh, just a handful of minutes, and he didn't come back until garbage time and quickly mostly handled those. And Manuel quickly has been one of the best rookies this season, regardless of whether or not he's coming off the bench or starting. And I think that this has been made a little bit into too much of a thing by Knicks fans. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, Tom Thibodeau is notoriously... Uh, against or shy to start rookies, whatever that's his that's his mo. It doesn't matter. When Derrick Rose comes back, I have a hard time. It was hard for him to start uh, uh, quickly over Frank Nilakina. I right. it's going to be even that much more difficult to start him over his guy Derrick Rose. But I think it is at least a worthwhile conversation to have in regards to the Knicks' long term plans. If if Emmanuel quickly is the kind of player, you mentioned the shot hunting, the kind of point guard who can uh, not, maybe not run an offense, but at least run this offense. Because keep in mind, R.J. Barrett and Julius Randle do a, a, a big part of the facilitating on this team. So you wonder, maybe a, a bucket getter is kind of the guy that you want at the point of attack there. You know, it's just kind of hard for me to associate either Tom Thibodeau or the New York Knicks with long-term growth or development. <laughs> It makes sense, right? I feel like you're kind of not necessarily punting, but let's say you're you're raising the variance levels for this season as far as whether or not quickly brings something to the table. Maybe, again, a better player as a starter than Derrick Rose is at this point in his career. But it's almost like you're also saying, you know what, even if he does help this team or maybe even if he hurts it, we're still putting the team in his hands because we want to wait to see what he does in the future. And you're kind of hoping that he'll at least gain that very valuable experience so that he can become the undisputed point guard of your team a year or two down the road. But I I don't know. I I like his addition. I like his talent level. I like the things that he does there. I say take a chance. Again, I'm not a long-suffering Knicks fan, so I don't know whether or not they're just saying I'd rather have Derrick Rose as maybe more stable if less – you know, if his ceiling is lower than this version of quickly right now, you know, maybe at least he's a more stable floor general at this point in his career. Maybe that's why you make that trade for him in the first place. 
I mean, you would think so. And when Mitchell Robinson eventually comes, and Nerlens Noel has been good for that, but when Mitchell Robinson finally comes back, you're going to want somebody who can run that pick and roll stuff. And Derrick Rose is just better at that right now than Emmanuel Quickly. And that's, again, nothing against Quickly. He's a rookie, right? A rookie second round pick. So it, it's not as if uh, he won't continue to get to playing time. I like him coming in in that Lou Williams role, you know, mm-hmm. sixth man, super scorer, off the bench. When Mitchell Robinson comes back, Nolan's Noel will go back to the bench, and he'll have, you know, that Lou Williams, Montrez Harrell type pick and roll that can can basically anchor your second unit. I like that for the Knicks going going forward. And look, they're they're still they're not the fourth seed in the Eastern Conference. They're not getting all these love letters penned to them by national media anymore. But they're still very much in the playoff picture. And they can make it, and I think a big part of that is just going to be winning as many minutes as possible because I don't think that their upside is, is terribly great, right? This is a, a team with a, a point differential that's basically even, right? They're not Their starters aren't blowing off the doors like Milwaukee's or Brooklyn's or Philadelphia's, so they're just going to need to just sustain uh, – you know, they're for for entire forty eight minutes uh, of games, and to do that, you need a good starting group, you need a good bench group, and I think quickly serves a very meaningful purpose anchoring um, that bench group. But let's go ahead and move on now. According to several reports, Magic forward Aaron Gordon is receiving interest from several teams, including the Rockets, Mavericks, Nuggets, Warriors, Pelicans, and Pistons. Other Magic play, players involved in trade rumors are Evan Fournier, Terrence Ross, and of course. Nikola Vucevic. So the Magic have lost eight straight games. They've slipped to the second worst record in the Eastern Conference. David, is it time for the Magic to blow it up? Yes. Um, some of those names are probably better to look at trading than others. I know that uh, the conversation seems to be mostly around Vucevic uh, as far as you know whether or not they should sell high now that he's just made his second all-star team. He's their best player. He has been their best player for a long time. Maybe there's some kind of um, duplication of his skill set also when Jonathan Isaac returns to health next season. You have Mo Bamba on the roster, although he's still kind of struggling as a result of COVID-related illness. So I, I just... Vucevic, I just don't see him actually getting moved. Like my feeling is that he has to go into that front office and talk to Steve Weltman and say, you know what, I'm done. I put in my time here. I've seen so many different coaches, players, roster moves come and go and happen and fail, and we've made the playoffs twice during my long stretch here. I'm ready to move on. And I don't get that sense from him. Like I think he's happy in Orlando despite – the frequent losing and maybe that says something about him maybe he's just looking for fulfillment other than actually just being able to compete for a championship i'm sure he'd love to as a competitor but it's not realistic also those chances aren't very available for a lot of players so maybe he wants to stick it out i I get the sense kind of like what we've heard from bradley beal and dame lillard in recent years vooch wants to turn it around there and i mean they've had some incredible injuries there. So I maybe there's a potential a year or two down the road if all this young core stays intact, they make some good draft moves, maybe they bring in another free agent here and there to kind of supplement what Vucevic does. They can turn it around pretty well. As far as Gordon is concerned, sure, if you can get anything for Aaron Gordon, I'm all for it. I've never been a big believer. He's always seemed more talented and that he's actually been capable of putting that talent together into something enticing or consistent. He's shown promise, and then he kind of takes a step back. He shows athleticism, and then he gets hurt. It's always something with him, and at this point, I don't know that he could be considered a building block for the future. So you think make a couple of changes, make some some additional moves on the roster, iron things out, but keep you know the best players there, Vucevic, Jonathan Isaac, Marco Foltz, so not blow it up. Um I think they absolutely should just blow this thing up. And the reason I say this is because they are going nowhere fast. Even if Vucevic plays at an all-star level, 
despite having all the injuries that they're dealing with, I understand what they're dealing with. But what we're talking about is a guy in Aaron Gordon who you've never been able to rely on in the first place, and Jonathan Isaac, who is more potential than than production at this point in his career. Mm. I understand he's injured, and you and you wanted and and you were anticipating that production, but it's not as if Jonathan Isaac is some sort of proven all-star caliber player. He's a nice player. I'm not taking anything away from him. But again, you need we're, we're a couple years away, I think, from him ascending to some sort of playoff caliber, you know, team leading type player. Vucevic is an all-star right now, and you have the second worst record in the Eastern Conference. I, I just I don't see it. I, I, I think he's a really good player. I, I think he, there's a little bit of an overrated thing happening with him now because Whoa. he's also a little bit of a, a good stats on a bad team kind of guy. Wow! I don't. You're I, never. I, you're I, never being allowed back on Central Florida campus. Like you're. You're. You're banned from Orlando. I think. Look, that. he's a worthy All Star. I just. It's not as if he's Nikola Jokic out there, and Magic fans want to make him like he's. Oh, what's the difference? You know, it's just that's not what it is, and, and he's not the kind of player who can anchor a playoff team, and that's okay. There are so few of those. There are so few of those. He's not one of them. So blow it up. Get your picks now because you can't afford to wait. That's the thing, David. Uh, as Brian Windhorst laid out uh, well a few weeks ago, there's just not that many first-round picks out there right now. You've got the Pelicans and the Thunder basically hoarding all of the future first-round picks. <laughs> and if you're the Magic, and the asking price right now is multiple first-round picks and maybe a rotation-caliber player, as soon as that becomes available, you pull the trigger and do it. I don't care how painful it is because Vucevic is your franchise player and he's been through the rebuild and all this stuff. You have to do it because if you don't do it now, that trade might not be there a year from now if some of these other if some of these first round picks get moved for other things. And I so don't I think know, you man. I think you do it all. I think you trade everybody. I think you do it for Aaron Gordon, you do it for Vucevic, as many first round picks as you can get right now, and you can still keep Markel Fultz and Jonathan Isaac and build around those guys because those are the guys that have the most upside out of everybody we're talking about. You know, I covered a lot of games at the Amway Center, and to ask for another rebuild, another step back, seems like a, a big asking price, especially somebody as beloved as Vucevic. I mean, if you're considering trading his best friend of the team, Fournier, that's one thing. Uh, I, I still think it might be a little hasty and hard to swallow for Magic fans, and there are some Magic fans. Didn't that but step back already happen? They just lost. They're they're 13 and 26. But that's injury related. That's not because it's roster is bad. If if you know, maybe that's a huge if moving down. But if you get Markel Fultz the way he was playing earlier when he really showed promise. And Jonathan Isaac is a pretty good player, all defensive NBA team caliber. I think you get something for either Gordon or Fournier. Uh, Terrence Ross is a free agent, but you could probably bring him back in the off season. I think that's the core of a good team. I mean, you've got some young players here. You've got some experienced veterans. Vucevic might not be your centerpiece, but he probably doesn't have to be either. He's just going to be continuing to be an all-around underrated player. And I think for Orlando, the goal is to continue to build on what you have, not go back to where you were three or four years ago when you lacked a complete identity. Steve Clifford's a good coach, and I think he's gotten the most out of this roster, but he can't prevent injury. It's not his fault. Um, so I, I think you don't want to just tear it all down just for the possibility of what happens in the future. Come on, man. You, you, you've covered Miami long enough to know what happens there. That that kind of losing mentality breeds I have, itself. So I, I just, uh, well, the losing mentality has been breeding itself in Orlando for a very long time. <laughs> it, it's it, before Steve Clifford or anybody else. And the difference between Miami and Orlando is I trust that front office to do stuff that works. And with Orlando, just just blow it up, tank, draft Cade Cunningham if you can, and then and then turn this thing around. I I don't know. Um, right. Coming up, why it's time to start talking about Giannis as an MVP candidate again. But first, David, tell our listeners about Rock Auto. 
You know, it's one of the things I like least is when you have to order parts for your car. I'm not particularly auto savvy. So I go in there, start asking questions, and I often feel like I'm either being misled or I don't know exactly what to ask. But what's the point? They are looking for parts on their computer. You've got computers uh, with access to rockauto.com on your phone or at home. So why don't you just go ahead, go to rockauto.com. It's a family-owned business. They've been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. You can choose from hundreds of manufacturers on the easy-to-use size, so easy to navigate. You'll get everything you need with just a few easy clicks delivered directly and safely to your door. Why would you spend more for the exact same parts at a chain store? RockAuto.com's low prices are the same for everybody. So go to RockAuto.com right now, see all the parts available for your car or truck, then go to the section that says, How Did You Hear About Us? and write Locked On so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car or truck will ever need. That's RockAuto.com. Betting on the NBA doesn't have to be a guessing game. If you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling, get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favored picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get podcasts. Coming up later in the show, CJ McCollum could make his return for the Trailblazers tonight against the Pelicans. We will talk about that first, David. Let's go to Washington, where Bradley Beal scored 37 points. Giannis had a 31-point triple-double, and the Bucks beat the Wizards 133-122. to 122. Here's more from Cade Pittman of Locked on Bucks. What's up, everyone? Cade Pittman here from Locked on Bucks. Another win for Milwaukee. They beat the Wizards 133-122. to 122. Uh, That's the second time they beat this team in three days. And let's just end the madness. Put Giannis right at the top of the list when it comes to MVP contention. He's right there with anyone. Nikola Jokic, Joel Embiid, LeBron James. I don't care if Giannis has won the last two. He should be there. He had another triple-double with 31 points, 15 rebounds, and 10 assists. But perhaps more importantly for the Bucs, another great performance from Brook Lopez. He had 22 points, 7 rebounds, and 4 blocks. Only the third time in his three seasons with Milwaukee that he's had 20-plus points and four blocks. He continues to look great. We're going to wrap it all up on the post-game pod. So join us wherever you get your podcasts. The Bucks have now won nine of their last 10, including four in a row, and are right there at the top of the East. And Giannis's numbers are just as impressive as they were last season. David, do you agree with Kane? Should we be talking about Giannis more seriously when it comes to MVP consideration? I've been making a point about Jimmy Butler being included in the MVP talk. Uh, I think he's been deserving in Miami, but I think you should absolutely be including Giannis in that conversation as well. Like we're, we're kind of holding his lack of postseason success against him, but his numbers being as good as they were last year when he was clearly the best player in the NBA. And I think far above any other candidate in the MVP consideration, I think he's been doing just as much I don't know why the narrative built so early for Nikola Jokic and Joel Embiid, who seem to be the forerunners there. You've kind of excluded guys like Kawhi Leonard or LeBron James from that conversation. I mean, they're, they're perpetually in it as top five players in the league, but Giannis certainly should be in there. Maybe the Brooklyn factor kind of con- con- you know, cancels themselves out because you've got three MVP-type talents in Kyrie, Kevin Durant, and, and you know, James Harden. But I think for Giannis, carrying that team as much as he has, as they've undergone injury, as they've gone through roster transformation to get them into that position, we're kind of thinking that they're going to fall apart in the playoffs, and that might still very well be the case. But individually, he's as valuable as any player in the league, and it's a regular season award. He absolutely should be in the consideration. I don't know. I, I understand that there's uh, – uh, first of all, I want to <laughs> – 
tip my hat to you. I asked you a question about Giannis and MVP candidacy, and the first words were out of your mouth were about Jimmy Butler and the Miami Heat. So I very much appreciate that. But I do. And by the way, no I agree problem. with you. And it's going to look crazy that Jimmy Butler was not an All Star by the end of the season. Can we just say that? That's going to be, that's going to look really weird. Um, yes. It's still LeBron, Joel Embiid, and Nikola Jokic. That's your top three. I don't really care what Giannis is doing. I understand that it's a regular season award. I understand that there are people out there like Kane Pittman who does a wonderful job for Locked On Bucks, pining about that the fact that the MVP is a regular season award and has nothing to do with the playoffs. You know what? I don't care. I don't need your rules. I have my own rules. And and because you were so bad in the playoffs last year, it's it should not be up to me to shake that out of my memory. It should be up to Giannis to play better and not have, and when we are splitting hairs with an MVP vote, this is going to be a great MVP race. I mentioned LeBron, Joel, and B. Nikola Jokic. James Harden is right there in that race, too. Luka Doncic, who knows? He could still get in that. Damian Lillard could still be a part of, uh, of this conversation. James Harden, uh, uh, Jimmy, Jimmy Butler, Butler, obviously, could be a part of this conversation. And so I, 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 <laughs> I think you need more. And, and we have seen this time and time again. Let's just, okay, fine. Let's get rid of the playoff. If you're, if you're one of these people that, that say that the, the last postseason performance by Giannis should not matter, fine. To win three in a row, you still have to just do better than what you did last year. That's just been the case all the time. LeBron hasn't won an MVP since 2013. Michael Jordan didn't win nearly as many MVPs as a lot of people think he should have. You want to know why? Because he didn't play better than he had in previous seasons. And that's just the way historically people vote on this thing. You can still be the best player in the league, but if you don't play better than your own standard that you had already set, you have a hard time repeating. And it's amazing that Giannis repeated last year. And I just don't think he's going to be able to do it three times in a row, nor should he, because these other players are having such meaningfully, uh, markedly better seasons like Joel Embiid and Nikola Jokic than they ever had in the past. And LeBron is going to get some legacy factor too, uh, regarding the fact that he hasn't won since 2013. So I, I, I just don't see it in the cards for Giannis, and, and frankly, I don't feel bad for him because you kind of sucked in the playoffs last year. You disappointed. you got to do better, and then that, that way you start to turn the tide uh, of public opinion. Yeah, I don't feel bad for him either. I mean, he's got the personal hardware, and certainly I think even if you ask him, he would probably say he doesn't care about winning the MVP award either. Like his bigger goal would be yeah. to propel them into the NBA Finals and and, and Bucks fans, championships. Bucks so fans I, should I, I think the same that. way. Don't worry about Giannis winning MVP. Worry about him getting a jump shot for the playoffs. Don't worry about the MVP. So right now, Bucks fans, <laughs> you are on fire today. You're roasting Giannis. Well, he's got no here. business. Jimmy Butler, he's got business being in the MVP conversation. Lamelo Ball scored eight points in the fourth quarter as the Hornets rallied to beat the Kings 122 to 116. Darren Fox had 29 points and eight assists for Sacramento. So shout out to him. Terry Rozier, Gordon Hayward, they combined for 51 for Charlotte. The Hornets have now won four straight games. But David, so have the Miami Heat. The Hawks have quietly won five in a row. David, the Southeast Division is turning into an interesting competition. You predicted a few weeks ago on this show that Charlotte would win the division. And after Monday's win, are you still confident in that prediction? Absolutely not. No, I, I completely own up to recency bias there. I was seeing Atlanta fall apart, Miami clearly struggling with that, Jimmy Butler trying to figure out some identity as they were losing games at 1 o'clock in the morning on the West Coast road trip. I, I just I didn't see a way out. And then, of course, they've won 10 out of 11 games. Atlanta, as you said, won five in a row, turning things around after they fired Lloyd Pierce. Look, you know, I think Charlotte has a legitimate chance. They've been a very good team. I think Miami has proven 
that they're a very good team, obviously. And Atlanta, while they're still much more of an experiment waiting to blow up in people's faces, I feel like they've shown progress. They've got the talent there. It is much more open-ended than I would have admitted a few weeks ago. Right now, if I had to be pressed, I'd say Miami again because I think Jimmy's playing so well. They've been missing Bam for those four games that they've won in a row, and they're probably going to make some move around the fringes to build their build their roster a little bit more. And if that's the case, then they seem like a, a, a probably not necessarily a clear favorite, but the favorite because of their postseason experience and the fact that they have the easier schedule among these three teams. So. It's it's a lot more exciting. I think we're talking about the Southeast Division, which we probably shouldn't be talking about divisions at all, but there are three very good teams there for the first time in a long time. I think like they haven't had that kind of representation as potential playoff teams in a long time. Orlando was a playoff team last year. Washington hasn't been there. Atlanta hasn't been there in a while. Yeah. So it's nice to see. Uh, uh, I really like these well. Hornets. I like what they do. I think they play the right way as far as being able to win a division. Um, you know, the ball movement that they have, the scoring that they have at so many different levels. Terry Rozier has just been unbelievable for them this year. I know all the headlines go to LaMelo Ball and then somewhat to Gordon Hayward, but Terry Rozier is awesome. Do they? Um, and so I like them, but I still, what the Heat have been doing over the last several weeks, uh, since getting Jimmy Butler back consistently in the rotation, they've had the best defense in the league. Uh, they have soared to the fourth in the, in the Eastern Conference right now. And and you've got to bet on their not only their star power plus they like you mentioned have Bam coming back, you, you got to bet on their top end talent and their track record. And this is the team that went to the finals last year, so I, I like the Heat coming out of the Southeast Conference. But who cares? It's, we're talking about divisions here. Charlotte's still they're they've been really good. They've they've put together a few different win streaks uh, this season, and they're going to be right there in the playoffs. And they've they're really building on something. Um, coming up, believe it or not, the Kings are screwing things up again. But first, David, tell our listeners about Bet Online. Well, it's the fastest and easiest way to bet all, all your sports action. Football's over, but the NBA, of course, and college basketball, March Madness, and the NHL are all in full swing. Bet Online even covers awards and TV shows, reality TV. I'm not sure who you picked in the Grammys, but Bet Online probably Megan has real time updated odds and props on all. Of course, that's the only one I know who actually won the Grammy. So, good kudos to her. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts, and don't forget to use the promo code Locked On. But you know what else we've been telling you about lately? That's Built Bar. It's been a while because you know we feel so strongly about it being the best tasting protein bar in the market for a while. And it's amazing, low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, amazing-tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate in all their bars. But now is the time to find out which bar is the best. It's Bilt Bar Madness. Today's matchup, it's a tough one. I, I know it's probably a little bit easier for me than it is for you versus mint chocolate, I, mint brownie specifically. I am not, as you well know, a favorite uh, of the chocolate-mint combo. My wife loves them. I am not as big a fan as she is. So I'm going toffee almond all the way. Yeah, Wes, how do you feel Ta about the I'm toffee almond all the way right now. I'm, I am I, I don't have a, a hatred for mint brownie-flavored uh, items like you do. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. And I think their, their mint brownie is, is pretty good. But that toffee almond to me is surprisingly, at least, because I'm not a toffee guy necessarily. That's one of my top three favorite Built Bar flavors. Uh, Built Bar's just so lucky they don't have a candy corn flavored one or else you'd be totally out on them. Yeah, as long as they, if they don't have candy corn, and, and is the, the, I'm glad they don't have a soup flavored uh, protein bar either because I don't like soup very much. But uh, go ahead. That sounds disgusting. <laughs> uh, but no, but, you know, go to BuiltBar.com right now. You can, you can, you know, vote. Uh, you can go to 
at built underscore bar on Twitter, and, and you just place your vote and let them know. And then while you're there, build a box of your favorite flavors, have it shipped to you quickly and easily. Remember to use a promo code now if you want that box built for yourself. Locked15. That's the promo code. You get 15% off your next order. That's Locked15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. Make sure to check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar. Increasing your basketball IQ starts with listening to the Hollinger and Duncan podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. NBA analytics pioneer and front office insider John Hollinger joins Dunked On podcast host Nate Duncan to bring you the most in-depth scouting reports, game breakdowns, and salary cap analysis around. Subscribe to Hollinger and Duncan today wherever you get podcasts. David, it is time for our favorite game, play on or blow the whistle. If we play on, it means we're going to talk about the subject. Or if we play on, we're not going to talk about the subject. Excuse me. Blow the whistle means we have something to say. Uh, the Kings haven't decided whether they will be sellers at the trade deadline, and the asking price for guys like Harrison Barnes and Buddy Heald remains high. David, play on or blow the whistle. Yeah, to me, this is a, a blow the whistle. I, I think, you know, where are they going? We were talking about the Magic. At least they're one year removed from their most recent, you know, two years in consecutively making the playoffs. They've got more high-end talent there. I'm not sure what's going on with the Kings to me, it's time to start fielding offers on these guys that aren't going to be part of the team moving forward. You've made a bad decision by bringing Luke Walton in as your coach. You don't have a well-assembled roster. Tyrese Halliburton is your guard of the future. Buddy Heal doesn't seem like he has a likely role moving forward. Neither does a veteran like Harrison Barnes. If you can get something in exchange for players like that, now's the time to make that trade. Yeah, exactly. Darren Fox, Tyrese Halliburton, if you've done anything right, Kangs, if you've done anything right, it's <laughs> assembling your backcourt of the future. Because and look, I understand that you thought Buddy Heald was the best. You traded Demarcus Cousins for him, and I get it. But it's Tyrese Halliburton is the guy that you want back there right now. He has been he was an awesome pick for them. Uh, and De'Aaron Fox, like I said, has had a really nice uh, 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 start to his career there in Sacramento uh, in a way that a lot of Kings draft picks haven't done. And so just build around that group. Harrison Barnes and Buddy Heald, they just don't fit that window anymore. So I understand, like Magic fans, you probably don't want to go through another rebuild or anything like that. But this is just what happens when you're not a good team and the Kings are just not a good team. So go ahead. Trade Harrison Barnes to Boston or wherever it is that you need to get to, to trade him. Start accumulating assets. Become one of these teams where, hey, look, we've got our two stars who we're going to build around. And now we have the stuff to build around them with. Right? That's what this whole thing is about. Stop, stop trying to shortcut this thing. Just go ahead, uh, uh, start trading these guys for draft picks and other assets now. And just understand, De'Aaron Fox, Tyrus Halliburton, that's your, that's your future. Build around those guys. Yeah. Well, I mean, Marvin Bagley's dad would probably disagree. But uh, The Athletic reports that 70% of the league has inquired about P.J. Tucker. Wes, is it time to play on or blow the whistle on Tucker's availability? Uh, 70% of the league. What's that even mean, play on? Uh, the Cavs will still believe that they can find a trade for Andre Drummond despite his huge contract and underwhelming play. David, play on or blow the whistle? <laughs> I kind of want to do both here, but I have to say we got to play on here. Like, good luck finding a trade for him. Like, we're already <laughs> hearing that the Lakers are their primary suitor once he's bought out. So I don't I don't think and 29 other teams are going, hmm, do I really want to stop the Lakers from acquiring him so I'm going to give up my future, especially if the only reason why you would challenge the Lakers in the first place is because you see yourself as a legitimate contender. Like, Drummond doesn't bring much to the field other than on a team like the Lakers because you've already got two Hall of Fame-level frontcourt players. So if you want to make a trade for him, good luck to you but you're not going to keep the Lakers from ascending to the NBA title 
Steph Curry became the Warriors' all-time leader in assists Monday. Wes, play on or blow the whistle. Poor Guy Rogers, former Warriors player. He took his record, completely erases Guy Rogers out of the record books. Um, but uh, what's interesting to me here is not only is it, did Steph become the all-time leader in assists in Warriors history, and now he's in that phase of his career, right? Like, this is a cool part of watching a star player not only, you know, you see all these stars move around. Steph never has. He's played for the Warriors his entire career. And this is what happens, right? When you stay with one team for this long, you get, if you're a Warriors fan, to be treated to your favorite player, your all-time best player, starting to break records and things like this. So it's very cool. I think this is, so I, I didn't answer your question, but I'm blowing the whistle, obviously, on this. And uh, what, what I think is also cool about this is, yeah, the assist record, he has that now. But next up is the all-time points record. And you know who has that, David? Wilt Chamberlain, if you, wow. it, it's not, and I understand that Wilt didn't play for the Warriors his entire career. He played for the Lakers, and, but if you, if I don't care who you are, if you're breaking Wilt's, you know, totality records, that's that's pretty amazing ground to step. Yeah, he was on. most prolific as a scorer while he was with the Philadelphia Warriors. By the time he right. joined the Lakers, the hundred point game was Jerry West. Yeah, right. The hundred point game was with with the with the Warriors, and so yeah, if you're Steph, look, you, you're doing it in twelve seasons. Wilt Chamberlain did it in seven. You know what? It doesn't matter. Will Chamberlain was playing against you and me. Steph is playing in one of the most competitive uh, eras of basketball. So uh, it, that part doesn't matter. But I think it's just cool that we're seeing this part of Steph Curry's career now. Uh, moving on, happy birthday to Joel Embiid, who turns 27 today. Uh, he did recently suffer a knee injury that's going to sideline him for at least two weeks, at which point he will be reevaluated. Uh, do you think that this affects his MVP case, David? Absolutely. Look, I mean, the, the case against Jimmy Butler, at least the only one I've heard, is, well, he missed three weeks because of health and safety protocols. It wasn't his fault, and neither it's Embiid's either. But I think if you're looking at availability being one of the best abilities, shout out to Ben Golliver, I, I think you have to consider whether or not Joel remains in the playoff. I'm sorry, in the MVP race right now. I think Jokic probably has a better chance of moving past him right now. I'd say they're mostly neck and neck. But if you've got other candidates like Giannis, like Jimmy, even like LeBron or Kawhi building steam there I think Embiid's chances at an MVP are probably less and less with every day that he misses so I, I look uh, again like Giannis I think the MVP isn't as important for Embiid as it is to achieve some success in the playoffs considering he was swept last season I think it's about continuing to build and Daryl Morey's first year here you've got Doc Rivers you make that move because you want to go deep into the playoffs not just be another first round exit yeah, look, I understand Ben Golliver's argument that availability is best ability. Just hear me out. I think ability might be the best ability. And hey, Joel Embiid has great. Concept. Joel Embiid has great ability. You're right, though. When you start splitting hairs at the top of this race, and it's such a competitive race, and LeBron is making it such a point to play every single game that he can play. Uh, Nikola Jokic is doing what he can, but Joel Embiid, the Sixers, their record is going to be what it is. I think they're going to play well with Ben Simmons there, but it, it could be a case too where. You know, LeBron thriving without Anthony Davis helps LeBron's MVP case. Does Ben Simmons maybe leading Philadelphia to a few more wins than expected hurt Joel Embiid's MVP case? It could have that effect. Uh, but at the same time, you would imagine the Sixers have to remain as one of the best teams in the league, at least one of the best records in the league, for Embiid to have a solid case. So it's a weird, it's a weird place we're going to be in. He can't stay out that much longer. The Pelicans take on the Trailblazers tonight, and C.J. McCollum has been cleared to make his return Portland is 22-16. and 16. They're sixth place in the Western Conference. They've managed to stay in the playoffs without McCollum for much of the season, but they've fallen off a little as of late. How big of an impact will McCollum make for the Trailblazers, David? 
Huge. I mean, are we forgetting that McCollum is their second best player? Like he's one of the best scorers in the league. He was having a monstrous season before he got hurt. It seemed like such a blow. A lot of people wrote off my my West Conference pick to advance to the NBA Finals. So I, I think he's going to be a big factor there. I think he's going to help steer the ship, uh, ship a little bit for them and, and just guide them into a deeper playoff run. 26.7 points per game, five assists per game, shooting 44% from three-point range before he went down. One of the leading scorers in the league. Uh, he was having his best season as a trailblazer. Granted, it was a small sample size, but having his best season as a trailblazer, it'll allow them to move Gary Trent back to a bench role. I like what they were doing anyway when they had McCollum. They were they were staggering those minutes a lot, right, where you had Damian Lillard or C.J. McCollum on the floor at all times, and Gary Trent uh, and some of these other defensive-oriented guards that they had uh, were, were kind of playing in that backcourt, giving them more of a defensive presence that I think that they've needed. Maybe that's what's able to take them over the top. But like I said, they've slipped as of late, right? I know that they're still very much in the playoff uh, uh, picture, but I think CJ McCollum's coming back at a time where they could use use that boost. Um, that'll do it for us today. Remember to subscribe to new episodes of Locked on NBA wherever you listen to podcasts for 30 minutes of the NBA, NBA's top stories every day. We'll be back here next Tuesday. In the meantime, you can find me over at Locked on Warriors and David over at Locked on Heat. Thanks for listening.